Today's podcast is sponsored by Gamerborn Clothing. Visit gamerborn.co.uk to browse through a collection of gamer-inspired clothing for gamers of all ages, even toddlers and infants. Use promo code VGXTPOD for a 5% discount off your order. Gamerborn Clothing, because we're all born to be gamers. Crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. Hello world, this is Video Game Crosstalk, the bi-weekly podcast of gamers talking about tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind, episode 008. I am your host, Anthony Rossi, and this week, we have a special edition episode. We are recording this on November 7th, or as better known in the gaming world, it is N7 Day, and we are going to dedicate this entire podcast to all the info that came out earlier today regarding Mass Effect Andromeda. And with me for this fan service quest, I am joined by returning Bioware enthusiast, Nikki Vick. Nikki, welcome back to the show. What's up? How are you, Anthony? I am doing my best right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hear you. I am hanging in there. There's been a kind of a lapse in recordings. I had a recent life-changing event. My wife and I did welcome our son into the world. It's our firstborn. So that... I decided that it's best to focus on him and my wife and taking care of life before getting back into the uh, the gaming stuff. And speaking of gamer dads, also joining me for this <laughs> first time, the host of Mulehorn Gaming Podcast is Mulehorn One One Seven himself here to blow it up. Mulehorn, what's going on, brother? <laughs> what's up, brother? Yeah, thanks for letting me come on, man. Dude, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, Mulehorn, you've got three little ones of your own running around the house, yes? Oh yeah, I got. Two boys and a little girl, so it's when I walk in immediately, my two boys are like, let's wrestle and fight and punch, and <laughs> my little girl's the calm one. I'm like, can I just hold you for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so you know like, all the information <laughs> of what's going on, uh, oh, yeah. all the, the fun stuff of having a newborn in the house. Dad life, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. Um, you, you guys got your uh, word on the tweet action going on. And I actually wrote in uh, before my son was born asking, hey, uh, my wife and I are expecting pretty soon. Uh, any tips for a soon-to-be gamer dad? And I, I laughed. I just bust out laughing. We were like, yeah, I got some stuff. Uh, Mrs. Mulehorn says, how about, here's a tip, turn off the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is true. <laughs> you get the look and you're like okay i'm done <laughs> yeah, yeah yes dear yes dear yeah, yeah. and i've said yeah. this uh, several times um on the podcast before as much as i do love my video games um i do understand it is entertainment it's escapism take care of life first take care of business first you know then go back in game yeah yep yeah totally well, so. I'm, I'm still in that point in my life. Like, I've got a dog. He can mostly take care of himself while I sit on the couch. <laughs> I'm not a mom yet. So uh, yeah. um, certainly I 
just like this is the highlight of my year. <laughs> like the, your son, your son, and your you know mule, your two sons and your daughters, they might be the highlight of your life right now. But for yeah. me, all I have is gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe sad and empty, but um, I'm super excited for everything that we learned today. Oh yes, super excited! Yeah. Holy crap! So speaking of that, uh, let's get into that. Uh, we had it is N seven day. So we learned all sorts of stuff. Mass Effect Andromeda. We've been hearing about this for a few years. It's finally coming through. Again, all sorts of information. So to start it off, Nikki, you've got a list of news items and updates that came out today. So why don't you start off the list that we got? Of course. So uh, a couple of very important items that I've gleaned from all of the announcements that we've gotten today. Um, and seven day 2016 has been hyped by, uh, everyone. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> most, mostly the Bioware developers who are very excited to be able to start releasing more information. They've been very quiet up until very recently about, um, anything related uh, to mass effect Andromeda. Um, we're not sure if that's out of choice or out of necessity, but, Today, while going through social media and, and trying to glean all this information, I've uh, collected a whole bunch of really cool things, really cool announcements. First one, if, if you are interested in beta testing at all, Bioware announced today the Beacon Feedback Program, uh, which can be found at Beacon, that's B as in boy, E-A-C-O-N dot Bioware dot com. Uh, and this is basically a sign up for an application, if you would, for beta testing of um, their new programs that they're going to be putting out. Uh, so what you would do is you'd go to the website, you sign in with your EA account information or your origin information, uh, and then you basically apply to be part of the program. And what they do is they review all of the answers to the uh, uh, questions that they ask you and see if they, if you would be a good candidate for their new programs that they want testing and, and feedback for. And right now they're actually accepting uh, applications for the Beacon Feedback Program for Mass Effect Andromeda MP, which is officially confirmed into existence. All right. Everyone really loved Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Right now, basically, like everyone's super excited and trying to figure out if it's going to be anything similar. We're not sure what multiplayer is going to look like for Mass Effect Okay, um, so but we can. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, so so quick note, uh, Nikki, you work in your Twitch stream, your <laughs> Twitch channel, your community you've got going on. You focus mm -hmm. mainly on Dragon Age. You have played Mass Effect One and Two, mm -hmm. but there's a huge but coming on. I know. <laughs> uh, you have not dipped into Mass Effect Three yet. I'm not. I'm not, and I know everyone's freaking out about that fact. How can you Yours possibly lose his mind on the other hand? Oh totally losing my mind. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I I count a lot of Mass Effect friends uh, or a lot of Mass Effect fans amongst my friends. They are absolutely flabbergasted that I have not dipped into Mass Effect Three yet. I and I understand. That. I understand. Here's the fun part about it, guys, is that I have not been spoiled for Mass Effect Three. In the least, I have managed in all of these years to completely avoid any spoiler, uh, any spoilers for the end. That's probably the most amazing thing I've uh -huh. ever heard. <laughs> and this is, this is, it's, it takes a community of people who understand, yeah. oh, she hasn't, she hasn't played. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I've been very lucky so far, but if if we can avoid all sorts of talk of Mass Effect 3 spoilers today. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can, but I mean, this isn't a spoiler at all to talk about the uh, the multiplayer. Multiplayer, yeah. I, I'm excited to get into that and to try it out. So I don't know, you know, people are trying to figure out the differences between, you know, what ME3MP is and what MEAMP is going to be, but, you know... Uh, hopefully we'll find out like personally so, myself you, know, <laughs> you played quite a bit of the multiplayer on mass effect 3 right oh yeah so if, if you actually go to my gamer tag move home 117 and check my achievements only have 60 percent of mass effect 3 achievements because and, and i've t- had like a total of over 700 hours in that game and it's almost all <laughs> oh multiplayer and i got wow. like i i pretty i was like top one percent of the world in multiplayer because that's all I wanted to play because it was so fun. So it's amazing. When you mentioned that beta test about multiplayer, I'm like just salivating right now. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to do this. I have to do it. It must well, be in the beta test. What you can do mule, you can go to beacon.bioware.com, apply for testing. And basically after you put in your application, you can apply for the program specifically for Mass Effect Andromeda MP Tech Test. This is available only for people who play on PS4 and Xbox One only right now. They do not have a release date for when this um, this beta program is going to start, but we can assume that it's going to be within the next couple of months before the game actually drops. So hopefully you've got a PS4 and Xbox One on I got an Xbox One, so that's I'm all over it right now. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so. Please try to pay attention to the podcast as you're filling out the application uh, as we're recording right now. So if you just kind of listen in on occasion, that'd be much appreciated. Thanks, bro. Well, Mule, why don't you tell us about the other really cool thing about Xbox One that we learned today? Well, I mean, are you talking about how you can play the first Mass Effect for free? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I mean, there's that. But what else did we learn today about Xbox One? It's a good thing I wasn't wearing pants when I read this, or they might be ruined. <laughs> the Mass Effect 2 and 3 are now backwards compatible on Xbox One, and I about lost my mind, because I've been wanting that since they announced backwards compatibility. I was just, oh, it's like my baby, you know? Now, Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect, was in was included in the backwards compatibility in their second round of released games. Is that correct? Is yeah, it, Was yeah. it the second or the third release that they did? It was like the second, I think. And there was a lot of excitement in the community because they really wanted two and three. And I remember like people chanting two and three, two and three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But certainly now people who are, who have not played Mass Effect, uh, I have played the first and the second titles, but I have not played the third titles. Um, They now have the opportunity to go back on their new generation console only for the Xbox one, unfortunately not for PS4 right now, but um, they have the opportunity to go back and play those games before Andromeda drops. And I think that this is an incredible opportunity for the new generation of gamers that perhaps have not gotten a chance to experience the atmosphere. My question, though, is how important do you guys happen to think the story for Mass Effect, you know, the original Mass Effect to Mass Effect 3, how is that going to affect the story for Mass Effect Andromeda? Because I've seen... um I've seen that most people can come at Mass Effect Andromeda completely fresh without having any prior experience. Mjorn, you want to take a stab at this? Yeah, I'd say totally. You don't have to play the previous games to be able to enjoy Andromeda because it's, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more, but the setting of when it is, is, Mm -hmm. is definitely not any time 
near the end of Mass Effect 3. Now, as a Mass Effect fan, I'm going to tell you to go play them anyways because it's really <laughs> going to give you a feel mm-hmm. for what Bioware games are like. I mean, if you've played Dragon Age or you've played, you know, uh, Jade Empire or Mass Effect, you're going to get that same kind of feel, that RPG feel and that you make choices, you make decisions. And, I feel like uh, it's uniquely Bioware as well. Like you can is. play you can play RPGs from any other developer, but you're not going to get the same feeling as you're going to get from a Bioware game. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember my first Bioware game was actually Kortor, uh, the first, you know, <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic. And I was just like, I can make a choice and it affects the game? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first experience, I think it was Mass Effect 1. And um, I think one of the things that like, blew my mind was the, the permadeath. And how the story um, is affected by that permadeath. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So we'll be free of spoilers from Mass Effect Three for Nikki's sake, but for Mass Effect One, <laughs> <laughs> where you make the decision. Oh, jeez. You you have a standoff with Rex at that uh, facility where the genophage is being produced, and you have to make a decision: uh, either stop the bomb or stave off the the horde coming through and depending on who you go to assist at that decision, the other uh, companion uh, dies. Like I've played games where there is permadeath before, but it's scripted. So for instance, you know, final fantasy seven, when Eris finally is killed by Sephiroth. I mean, that's a scripted event. Uh, and the story you have no ability of changing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but in the first mass effect, you know, in the course of like an hour within that um, that scenario, that mission, there's a possibility you will lose one character, mm-hmm. possibly two, depending on your previous decisions and how you work the dialogue. So my favorite part fr- about it, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, my favorite part about the entire thing is that you can be personally responsible for people's death. I feel like a horrible person. You can feel like the worst individual and you're like, I didn't really mean to do that. And and you have to, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever just like loaded back on an old save just to kind of, you know, go yeah. back and and try to fix your mistake. And is there a better way to do this? <laughs> oh, I remember making have. that decision and, and like sobbing to myself on the couch. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And, and uh, I... First playthrough through Mass Effect, I wasn't paying attention super close to that part with Rex, <laughs> and I accidentally killed him. And I was I was a uh, RPG noob, and I didn't have multi saved spots. Uh oh! And I was like, "No, Rex is dead!" So of course I had to start over. Because <laughs> you can't kill Rex. I mean, come on, it's Rex. Yeah, I went through uh, that game twice. The the whole series twice once as like pure paragon once as pure rebel and Mm -hmm. uh so the pure paragon i was able to save rex but when i was going through the second time as pure rebel it was like rex i'm sorry but (laughs) peace out dude oh you break my heart (laughs) i know but but it was like basically i do stuff like that for the sole purpose of hearing the other dialogue options that arise which do you feel that like the renegade options? Oh, renegade, there was I'm sorry, so much rebel. more. Oh yeah. Well, there was so much more like 
feeling in in the way that the voice acting was done. I just like while I'm personally a paragon, I was shocked watching people play with renegade options and just loving how raw and like just oh, badass yeah. everything was. And I was yeah. like, you know, I really appreciate that other people can play this way because I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> but it was it was great for me. Like the renegade options, they they felt really like just kind of like yeah, it's raw. It's basically yeah. the best way to put it, as you said, yeah. yeah. Just because uh, when you're playing as a paragon, you have to make the conscious decision to, yes, I'm going to be kind to this person or I'm going to do the right thing, even though my gut reaction and my ego is saying, you know, waste this son of a whatever. <laughs> Try to keep it clean in my own podcast. But... Um, yeah, your feeling, your gut feeling is to waste them, but you know, you know, the right thing to do is to save them. So I think that was reflected into the voice acting as well. Right. Yeah, there's just general badassery, and when they, you, you select that part, because you're kind of like saying, "I don't care what you think. I'm here to save the world. I'm doing it this way, the quickest way possible. Yeah. Move out of my way." Right. And uh, so, Mulehorn, did you play as a renegade through a playthrough? Yeah, I, I, the way I've always played Bioware games like Dragon Age, especially Mass Effect, is I'll go through and I'm always the super, I want everyone to live, I talk to everybody, try to help yep. everyone yep. accomplish everything good. And then the second playthrough, I just don't care. I'm like, you know what, I'm doing this. If you don't like it, you can die. <laughs> <laughs> and die, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got to have at least one playthrough like that. It's like if you're playing star wars you gotta have a jedi playthrough and a sith playthrough you know that's <laughs> just the way it is <laughs> all right so back to that list before we uh reminisce a little too much we just still got a <laughs> plenty of stuff to work through uh nikki the next thing that you got on your list go ahead uh well all of the promotional photos that we have gotten today have had spring 2017 emblazoned on them. Everyone is hoping today that we would get an actual release date for Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, however, it seems that we aren't getting an actual date yet, and maybe this has something to do with the fact that they may need to push it back just a little bit more for polish. They're not sure, so they're not going to commit to a date and then s screw with it, which mm -hmm. I completely understand. They've done that a couple of times with um, with the previous Mass Effect titles, and I feel that... They're trying to prevent frustration for people by giving us a date that they can't hold themselves to. So we got spring 2017, and while I have my thoughts on what the exact date is going to be, I went ahead and I googled when the start of spring is in 2017. <laughs> and the start of 2017, uh Spring 2017 is going to be Monday, March 20th, which means that we can probably expect a game on a Tuesday or potentially a Friday, uh, which is becoming more of a thing now recently, I've noticed. More games yeah. being released on Fridays. Yeah, I mean, weird that they're being released right. on Friday, but I mean... Whatever. But becoming okay. more normal, I don't know. It's it's strange for me. But um, we're thinking either a Tuesday or a Friday, potentially, maybe um, after March twentieth. And I do have my thoughts and feelings on that, but I think I'll hold them to myself. <laughs> I, I really think you're onto that. If if I may dive into that a little, mm -hmm. uh, because if you've, I mean, you, you've said yourself, you're a big uh, Dragon Age fan. And you know when they release the book art or, you know, the Dark Horse 
art that they typically will release for Mass Effect or Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, the date that's released is can usually kind of guess, and I, I strongly word that guess about the time of the release of the game. So I, I'm right. following you. I'm digging what you're saying. Yeah. So we do have some indication that the art book is going to be released on March 21st, 2017. And uh, usually I, I just, just my thoughts here, they would not release the art book or a guidebook or anything of that sort before a game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yeah. it has the potential for having immense spoilers for the experience of actually playing it so that is my guesstimation of what is actually (laughs) going to happen gentlemen is that maybe we can expect it on a tuesday in spring that's what i'm trying to say Uh, (laughs) we'll get there we'll definitely get there and yeah there's no i mean if they're going to release any type of official um art book or strategy guide it's got to be the same day as the game itself because yeah there's that's the whole purpose of a strategy guide is to spoil and cheat your way through the game. So right. just make it not fun. <laughs> you know. And all right, so so I'm gonna go ahead and say the official video game cross lock stance on strategy guides is you got Google. Alright, so yeah. unless there's some awesome art or maps or posters that are included in a strategy guide, like alright, so I bought the Fallout Four strategy guide. But yes, also within yeah. the strategy guide there's some concept art and there's like a huge fold out of uh, Wasteland Boston uh, within the strategy guide. So that is awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you're into the additional artwork and other like background information regarding uh, a game, then yeah, totally get this strategy guide. But if you're just looking to cheat your way through, well, first, try to do it yourself because it's always more rewarding if you can figure something out yourself. And it's part of the experience, part of the learning experience of the game. And if you really get stuck... You know, hit up your you know online community. Be a member of the community, and uh, you know, post a question. See if you can get some talk going on. And chances are, you're not the first person to run into this issue, and someone probably has already resolved it or can give you an answer on something. So, if you're looking to save some of your hard-earned coin, you know, hit up the interwebs. You, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Now I'm I'm totally a collection whore. Um, <laughs> I I do like getting the the collector's editions guides. So um, much fun. I know they're wonderful, and I love having like I've got the um, Inquisition map uh, folded out from the guidebook that I got. Uh, oh, nice. I've got it hung up on the wall. I did get that uh, the new spread of the Skyrim remaster poster that they did. I've got that ready to frame and go. Um, yeah, I I just love like all of the little extra things that they add in those books, but I can say that I've never actually used any of the books. <laughs> I've never actually I've never actually tried to read through it. Um yeah. so that's that's one thing about collector's edition stuff is that, you know, if if you're just trying to play the game, the internet's there for you. But if you're if you're I guess it just has an inc- incredible sentimental value for myself oh, yeah. to be able to have those things and hold on to them for a very long time, even if I don't use them. So um, that, but I also spend all of my extra cash that I could possibly ever earn on video game stuff. So, <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> um, awesome. anyway, uh, that, that being said though, we should talk about the editions of the game that were announced today. I do want some help from you guys. Um, okay. So we we were told today uh, by Bioware that there is both a regular and deluxe edition of Mass Effect Andromeda confirmed. Um, but we haven't 
gotten an official collector's edition of the game. Now, what we did find through the Bioware store is that they are going to be bundling the game with a collector's edition of something called the Nomad ND1, which is uh, like the Bioware's new iteration of the Mako from Mass Effect, uh, the original title. That and an exclusive Mass Effect Andromeda Steelbook. So they're, they're kind of offering a bundle as a collector's edition, but they don't have a collector's edition of the game itself. They're allowing you to get the collector's edition items that they're releasing for Andromeda bundled with the game or separate from the game if you'd like to. So here's my take on it. What it sounds like is normally you would have to purchase the the collector's edition and you get bundled with it all of the collector's edition quote unquote items. What mm. it sounds like they're doing now is you can purchase those collector edition items separately or bundle them all together into one package. That's right. That's what it seems like they're doing. And I I was interested in your take on the pros and cons of this. Like how do you feel as a gamer having that option presented to you? So I think they're kind of doing this because of the rise in digital downloads rather than physical copies of games. So this may be a way for someone to purchase a digital copy of a quote unquote collector's edition and still get gear. You know what I'm saying? I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's other games that have tried to do this and uh, I don't want to mention any other games, but they've done it and they've kind of not gone over very smoothly because you know, as gamers, that's the thing for us right now. We're in an age where things are digital now, but we grew up like holding a cartridge right? and being able to put that on your shelf and say, look at my game collection, you know, I do so, that. <laughs> so now we don't have that as much now because it's all digital. So maybe this is a way for us to have that loot, have that gear, but still be also to get the game digitally. So I, maybe, I don't know. That's just, that's actually a really good point. And I'm, I'd put money down saying, like, that's that's the way that they're going to do it. Personally, I still enjoy the physical copy because I'm old school and uh, (laughs) – Add the school in there really quick. (laughs) Save yourself, Anthony. (laughs) Um, And I like having that visual collection, the tangible disc. And it also gives me a sense of ownership um, of the actual product. Uh, so with the collector's edition, yeah, you get the additional loot and swag. Uh, for instance, I've got the collector's edition of Watch Dogs, and I got my figurine of Aiden Pierce just kind of chilling on top of my uh, my entertainment center. You know, I wouldn't be able to get that if I did a digital download. Yep. For Deus Ex, you know, for the, some of their collector's edition stuff, they just had additional digital download stuff. Like you could access a digital copy of the graphic novel. You can access a digital copy of like wallpaper or something like that for your computer desktop or other digital things. But there's definitely something missing having a tangible item or replica or something. Um, also with that, what is it called? The Nomad. Uh, I did look on the store and that's actually a remote control car. Mm-hmm. And I've this is maybe the third time that I've seen this. The first time was the Borderlands Handsome Jack collection, which I did get the the limited edition of. So I have a remote control claptrap also <laughs> sitting on top of my entertainment center, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, 
in Watch Dogs 2, part of their collector's bundle, you can get a remote control little drone thing. I'm not exactly sure what to call it, but another uh, you know, little remote control little buddy. And now we've got a remote control nomad for uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. So, I mean, it's awesome technology. Because uh, you basically download an app to your smartphone, and that's what you use as your controller for the for the mm. toy. Um, but link that into what you what Mulehorn just said, as far as you can still get your digital download from the game, but also get the tangible toys and collectibles and stuff like that. So I, I'm willing to put money down on that uh, on that technique or that strategy. Well, my one little interesting thought on that is that um, there's a Mass Effect Andromeda exclusive steelbook that's bundled into that collector's edition. So I think that they're still encouraging people to get the game bundled with it so they could use the steelbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I yeah, mean, yeah, that yeah. It would still be a nice piece of decoration, but... Um... Exactly. Um, and before the show we were talking, I actually have... It's Halo 2... Steelbook that I have way back, jeez, way back, yeah, yeah, way back. Watchdogs, of course, uh, the handsome collection for Borderlands. So those are all steelbooks. Um, so that's more of like a little reward and you know upsell for a physical purchase because I mean people still purchase that, people still enjoy those things. So if people are willing to spend a premium, then you know do what the customer demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. On a couple of other notes about the Bioware store, um, this week until uh, November 14th, there is a 20% off sale uh, on everything in the Bioware store, excluding pre-sale and deposited items, so anything that that they haven't actually put in production yet. You can't get the 20% off. But those of us looking for new Mass Effect Andromeda gear, this is going to be a very important time to go ahead and save a little money. We can also uh, confirm that they do have a limited edition and seven day exclusive uh, tel- uh, TV sh- TV T shirt, oh, <laughs> <go. laughs> um, and it's uh, got the Andromeda Initiative uh, logo on the front of the T shirt, kind of like a navy blue, kind of like a light navy blue shirt with a bright blue and white logo on the front. That's only going to be available for one week only through uh, Monday, November 14th. So if you guys are interested in some pretty cool gear that's never going to be around again, you want to go ahead and go to the Bioware store uh, and put in your order for this really awesome exclusive tee. We also learned today that uh, that Bioware store and ThinkGeek, who have been partnered together for some time, released their pre-order for the N7 Capsule Collection, which is nine new clothing items, uh, looks mostly for females. Um, <laughs> really Darn cool it. looking stuff. I know. <laughs> well, they do have like, they have like a cool scarf and stuff like that. Or, you know, if you're into dresses, you know, who, who am I to judge? Go for it, man. <laughs> but they've got some really cool new like avant-garde cut styles that you can pick from. So they've been kind of working on beefing up their Mass Effect, uh, like fashion collection. And so this is their next step. Those items I've got, I think nine new clothing items um, are going to be, uh, they're taking pre-orders up until mid December, which is when they believe they'll be able to start shipping them out. So 
Uh, if you haven't taken a look at those items yet, they do look really cool. Like, I was surprised. They've got a dress with pockets, and you know how, how much into those we are as oh, women. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dresses with pockets are amazing. <laughs> Buy the woman in your life a dress with pockets. Yes. <laughs> She'll be very happy. Yeah, she um, will be happy, and men, you will be happy as well, so you don't have to carry her carry phone or this or that or the other thing. God, you get your exactly. own pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, though, that they don't have more Andromeda Initiative stuff. Ah, um, they're, they're, they're waiting for the game to be released so that people will go crazy, hype-level explosion, and then they're going to purchase all of that at full price rather than at a 20% discount. I suppose. I just, I wonder, like, it's so it's new clothing items, but they're still centered around the N7, the whole Spectre aspect of, of mm-hmm. the storyline of Mass Effect 1 through 3. So I'm just wondering, uh, you know, like, they've got a couple of items. They got, like, a tank top. They got a couple of t-shirts. But when are we going to see, like, some fashion items for the uh, the Andromeda Initiative? I'm really interested in seeing that. So. I, well, did you say that the discount is only until the 14th? Yes. Okay. So that's our N7 week sale. Yes, the N7 week sale. So all the new stuff will come out the 15th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think I saw Michael Gamble. Which is a Tuesday. Yeah. So I think I saw him on Twitter saying that, like, they're going to start selling the t-shirts again. So I wonder. Oh, um, one other huge, huge aspect of the announcements for today. Uh, We did not see any gameplay for Mass Effect Andromeda today, which is one of the huge things that people were asking for mm-hmm. all the way up until N7 days. So I might personally have also been a tiny bit disappointed, but I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait for when the developers decide that they're going to give us what they need to give us at what time they're going to give it to us. Um, we did not see any gameplay today, but we do have an expected date to see a significant chunk of gameplay. And that date is going to be December 1st, it's going to be broadcasted at the Game Awards on December 1st. So everyone who's been asking to see gameplay for Mass Effect Andromeda, tune into the damn Game Awards. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be the most exciting aspect of the Game Awards, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I think we have seen a little bit, a tiny bit oh, of tiny gameplay. Bit. Oh, um, a tiny bit. It's so little that so most little, people yeah. complained about it. It's sliced yeah, like, I don't in even think, I'm, and I'm going strictly off my memory right now, did we even mm-hmm. see any combat in that little bit of gameplay? We did not, and that's yeah. what people were con- were complaining okay. about. So it was during their, their 4K trailer, right. mm-hmm. um, the information that Aaron was giving us was uh, basically like, this is how the game looks in 4K, and if you don't have a 4K TV right now, sucks to be you you should go get one um <laughs> it looks gorgeous as it is in 1080p i'll be completely honest but the the entire the entire point of the trailer was really to show off how wonderful everything looked as opposed to showing off the gameplay so yes it was gameplay but it was literally of yeah, was the playable demo. character walking through an environment right and that was it and a yeah, little they, bit of jetpack action, if I remember correctly. But it was oh, basically it was a sexy, test demo. But, yeah, exactly. So, again, December 1st. I know I'm going to be sitting down with maybe a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm taking Watching a day the work. Game Awards, and hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to see some really cool stuff from that. Yeah, absolutely.
so moving on, uh, other stuff that came out uh, today. Uh, there are two trailers. Uh, they're cinematic and seven-day trailer. And then uh, we have some what are called Andromeda briefings, which we'll get into in a little bit. But first off, I got a few notes regarding the N7-day trailer. And this is your standard, not really announcement trailer, but it's it's a trailer basically, for the game. And uh, we got to see a little bit more of what's going on in the world. Up to this point, it's been mainly stuff like, you know, this is what we're planning, a little bit of, like, dev diary-type things. Uh, This is what one of the player character models are going to look like. So this is the first time that we actually saw any form of, I guess, story involved. Uh, So in the beginning of the trailer, uh, you hear the voice saying, we've been... or We've slept for hundreds of years. And uh, elsewhere on the site, you learn that basically what's going on in this trailer and in Mass Effect Andromeda is that everyone's kind of loading up on these arc ships. And the one that you are on is either going to be the Hyperion or the Nexus. So there's reference to, you know, Arc Hyperion and Arc Nexus. Everyone goes on, they go into some type of cryogenetic sleep, and they sleep for 600 years until they get to the Andromeda Galaxy. So going back to if people need to play the other Mass Effect games before jumping into Andromeda, Mulehorn, you and I agree on this. I don't think you do, other than to get a feel for the Mass Effect universe and how the controls work and what some of the concepts are. It really seems that if this is the time frame that we're working with, these events take place completely separate from anything that took place in the original trilogy. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree, man, because it's, uh, I mean, the only thing that's kind of tied between it is if you watch the Mass Effect Twitter page, uh, they had a quick little video with a voiceover from Female Shep, mm-hmm. and she's talking about when they're first building the equipment before they even know about the Reapers, and she's kind of sending them off. That's the only connection that I've seen between the Mass Effect universe that we know now to the one that's coming. And 600 years is a long time, especially to get, you know, to get where they're getting. That galaxy has got to be so far away that Reapers, I don't even know if they would have located that part of the universe yet. So, yeah. And okay, so Nikki, this is not a spoiler. (laughs) <laughs> as far as we know in the Mass Effect no no you're fine you're fine um, as far as we know in the Mass Effect universe the Reapers only exist within the Milky Way galaxy like as yeah. far as we know and the Andromeda galaxy is actually the closest galaxy we have to the Milky Way but we're talking you know literally astronomical distances so yeah it's going to take us 600 years <laughs> to go between galaxies yeah um, well here's the thing go for it even if there are no Reapers, there's obviously definitely some <laughs> going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Something's going down. I mean, watching the trailer, you see some explosions. It looks like something woke them up. So like, many explosions. What's yes. going on? I mean, I like things blowing up, but I want to know what's going on. Yeah. What, why is it blowing up? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few things. Um, they go through some type of lost facility uh, because everyone loves ancient aliens. And the design, as far as, like, the illuminated etching that's, on, like, within the facility, it looks very Prothean to me. It does, yeah. So, and I did not play the 
the Citadel DLC from Mass Effect 3. Relax, Nikki, I'm not going to get into spoilers. Uh, yeah, but I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. that, um, <laughs> again, throughout the the series, there's not much talk of the Protheans other than they were our predecessor race. So, again, just like with the Reapers, there really is no mention of whether or not either race extended beyond the Milky Way galaxy. So, is it Prothean, or is it just cool sci-fi, neo-tech awesomeness? It, it could be something similar to them. I mean, because they're species that look similar to humans, mm-hmm. I would assume. So, or at least look humanoid, so... I don't know, man. Yeah, the humanoid is it's pretty standard uh, just because, I mean, it works. Uh, <laughs> we know how to design for it. We know how to do mocap for it. Um, it. It's a design that works. So I wouldn't be surprised to see several iterations or variants of the humanoid uh, body structure. But uh, also it, within the trailer, there are some, there are definite instances where the species that we see on screen i don't think we've seen before or because you you know what i'm talking about neil yeah yeah i mean that huge what was that thing that was running at them in in the trailer you know or yeah what is that were some (laughs) yeah i mean the lighting was terrible all you could see was like from their waist down and it looked like some type of you're the batarian or the um the collectors possibly uh, as far as like the chitin looking armor on yeah. them, I mean they didn't look Turian. The only that no, they're never really not Batarian either. Yeah, I don't know what they are. So there's a definite new species um, within that. And we did see get to see some species that we're familiar with, though, so like the Salarians and the Asari. Yep. So didn't they say somewhere in? The, is there? How did the other species get there? I, uh, we may be jumping ahead, but uh, um, just a little bit. Uh, that's covered in the uh, the briefing, but we can talk okay. about that. It's fine. Uh, so what's going to happen is um, when you watch the briefing video, there is talk of people will get onto the Ark Hyperion ship, and then soon after the Ark Nexus ship, and after that there will be three additional Ark ships, each with different species. Oh dang. So there's a total of five ARC ships headed out to the Andromeda Galaxy. So we know for a fact that, well, humans seem to be taking two ships because that's how we roll in excess. <laughs> <laughs> um, we There will be Solarian. Definitely saw a, a Solarian towards the end of the trailer. And obviously you you got to have the Asari involved. Yeah. They're kind of central to the Mass Effect universe. But didn't we see a Krogan, like, in an earlier? We did. Okay. So that's an interesting combination. I'm saying there's shit going down here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So many possibilities. So many. Yeah, and then later on, after the, um, towards the end of the trailer, I mean, there was definitely some type of biomechanical thresher that came out of the ground. And that's just bad news for everyone involved. It kind of reminded me of, I can't remember which Transformers movie it was, but I think it was two when they were in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know what you want. Yeah. Dog just woke up. Hey, Sophie, go lie down. Good girl. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's what it kind of reminded me of, except a uh, Mass Effect giant thresher, thresher mall. So, so yeah, that'll be fun. 
be fun to deal with. It looks like there's just going to be lots to do. I mean, lots to do just from watching that trailer that, Mm -hmm. I mean, this galaxy is going to be huge. There's just your, I mean, the name Pathfinder makes you think you're going to have so much to explore and find and discover. Right. That's another thing that was covered in this trailer and the next, um, Pathfinder appears to be a title that's given to one person on each of the arc ships. And they're going to be a cross between a scientist, a, a soldier and a survivalist. So basically, you know, those will be like probably your three pathways or disciplines that you can study uh, within the game. And you're going to be like the Jack of all trades type of super character. And you're probably just going to like, develop them as you see fit as you go through the game. But I'm also wondering, like, there's going to be a lot of homesteading going on. Because uh, so, the idea is that we're going to the Andromeda Galaxy to set up a new home and expand the reach of our civilizations you know, collectively. So there's a lot of unanswered questions still, especially since we're not doing a Mass Effect 4. It's a Mass Effect Andromeda so it's not a continuation, and it's separate from the main trilogy's storyline. So I'm like, still don't know exactly what this game's going to be. Yeah. So I, I got a question on that Pathfinder. If you'll let me kind of just diverge here for a moment. Go for it. So as you mentioned, there's three different Pathfinders because, you know, there's three different arc ships or whatnot that they were mentioning. And I'm, I mean, just spitballing here. And in your fire team, there's always three people, right? Yes. So do you think they could be opening it up to have someone jump in your game with you as a another Pathfinder where you roam together and... Oh, boy. So I mean, do you thing. think they're going to do that? Um, are they going to try to do some type of, like, Destiny aspect as far as the patrols are concerned? Well, is it even... Do you think it'd even be like Halo? Because, like, in Halo, you had your linear storyline or whatever you were doing... But you can have a friend jump in and play one of the other characters for you as you right. played your game. Hmm. You know, so I'm just curious because, I mean, the way we're seeing games nowadays, they're going more and more toward the multiplayer. So, and or at least, or at least some type been, of social aspect to it all. Yeah, and Bioware's always been single player campaign, great story. You know, it's mm-hmm. like an interactive movie that you get to play in. Basically, yeah. So it's like, it just got me thinking, I, and maybe I'm just all a little tinfoil hat on this, but uh, hey, man, that's that's you know? why we do podcasting so we can uh, <laughs> share our tinfoil hat conspiracies <laughs> with other people who got the hats on. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, it has me a little excited, but a little nervous too, because that doesn't feel like Mass Effect, you know? Yeah, that doesn't feel like Bioware to get that social. But again, it's so Dragon Age Inquisition was their first dive into the current gen consoles. Did it come out for a previous gen? I think yes. it was on 360. Yeah. It was okay. on 360 and PS3 as well. Yeah. Okay. So they did straddle the two generations. So this will be their first one that's solely for the current gen. Yeah. As far as consoles are concerned. Yeah. There's a lot more horsepower in these new consoles and just their infrastructure as well. I mean, even to the point where I know Mulehorn and I play Destiny, and as soon as Bungie kind of severed ties with the older servers, with the legacy gen servers. I mean, the next update that came out, I mean, it was just an update, and I could see immediately 
the increased level of detail on all the armor mm-hmm. and weapon pieces. Mm-hmm. So even just in that respect, the uh, the horsepower is evident. And you know, as you said before, all the games are. If they're not going multiplayer, they're going some form of social aspect. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, will there be missions where, you know, it's... I hate to bring it up again, but Destiny. Obviously, it's another, you know, Space Marine-type shooter game. But um, will you go out on little patrol or strike or reconnaissance missions with your buddies... Did either of you play any of the multiplayer for Dragon Age Inquisition? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So describe a little bit of that, because that's one thing I, I did not get into. Uh, basically, Dragon Age Inquisition multiplayer was uh, dungeon running. Okay. Um, the idea of it was, uh, so you don't actually play as the Inquisitor, but you play as agents of the Inquisition okay. uh, in teams of up to four people. And you run a dungeon that is comprised of five rooms, each with a different challenge. Usually the last one is a um, survive the wave sort of uh, situation. Um, So you only really win the dungeon if you get through all five rooms and survive the wave at the end. But... So it's it's not really like a mission. It's more a, a dungeon crawl. A brief dungeon, dungeon crawl. crawl type of thing, and and every like part of the dungeon gives you like a little bit of a different challenge to meet, and they have mm-hmm. like maybe like ten, ten or twelve different like challenges that cycle through, so it's kind of random. Okay, and it, it can be a little bit repetitive. The more, yeah, there's more, only, more you how play many maps it, but... was there on that? Like four or five? I can't remember. It turned out to be uh, four maps. Ooh. With five different factions, um, and when I say maps, I mean like locations, because right. the maps yeah. do change. That the rooms would actually, um, or the challenges would actually randomize themselves. Uh, so you could you could still go through, you know, every location and have a whole bunch of different quests, or, you know, you know, mini quests to do with the group of people that you're playing with. You could fight a dragon by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Was, um, so they, they did try very hard to push uh, Dragon Age Inquisition multiplayer into something more like ME3MP, uh, from my understanding of it. It just, they didn't end up getting the actual revenue for it. I think it was a little too easy for people to earn money and not have to spend actual money in real life uh, um, to continue the development cycle of it. So, And thus the unfortunate business of entertainment. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that I didn't actually have to spend money on it. Right. <laughs> That's the right way to do microtransactions, in my opinion. Because, mm. like, if you love the game, then if you really want to show even more support, you can throw them a little dime here and there, you know? Yes, it makes sense. But, yeah, but, I mean, not to go off on a tangent with microtransactions, it's basically, I think, the, the consensus in the community is basically microtransactions for aesthetics, not for, like, actual gear. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, well, they try. I, I still love it. I still play with my friends every now and then. Oh, uh, and I do very much miss Dragons and Donuts. Billy and Blair, if you're listening, man, I, boys, I love you. Thank you so much for doing Dragons <laughs> and Donuts all the time. I miss you guys. 
All right, quick little interlude, little advertisement going on. For you, the listeners of the Video Game Crosslock podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod to sign up for your free trial and download one of over 180,000 titles, such as Mass Effect Revelation by Drew Carpetian. Every advanced society in the galaxy relies on the technology of the Protheans, an ancient species that vanished 50,000 years ago. After discovering a cache of Prothean technology on Mars in 2148, humanity is spreading to the stars, the newest interstellar species struggling to carve out its place in the greater galactic community. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod for your free audiobook. Right, moving into the final section here, uh, there is a second part to the N7 Day, or I guess a third part to the N7 Day uh, announcements. So we've gone through all the promotional stuff, something you can get through the Bioware store and all their sales and promotions going on. They've released the new N7 Day cinematic trailer, and they also have this other promotion going on called, I guess we're going to refer to it as the Andromeda Briefings. And if you go to the Bioware site... Uh, there's links and information about it all over the place. And essentially what it is, is BioWare's attempt to kind of pace out information regarding the game in short little videos. And there will be a total of six um, if the counter on the BioWare site is correct. There should be six of these videos. And if you log in and give them like your demographic information and sign into the EA servers and you attend quote-unquote all six briefings you will get a uh, an andromeda initiative helmet for your inquisitor wow for your pathfinder <laughs> wrong bioware franchise uh, <laughs> i'm guessing in game and uh so there's going to be six of these the first one is up right now it's both or it's viewable both on the bioware site and on their youtube channel and the first one is basically just an overview and introduction to the uh, Andromeda Initiative program. So, did you guys watch this video? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. What you got from me, Mule? I, I just want to say it looked absolutely beautiful. I felt like I was watching a movie. You know, yeah, right? I, I, it makes me really wish I had a 4K monitor or TV because mm-hmm. playing this game in 4K is just going to be so immersive. Bioware games are known to just suck you in and... Hit you in the feels. No spoilers, Nikki. You know, I, I, I'm just saying it's when I watched it, the whole, I was just drawn in. I was just like, Oh, Ooh, what's this? And, and the aesthetics, the, everything, the, the way it just moved throughout, it almost gave me like a, like Star Trek feel, you know, where they have the, mm-hmm. what is it called? The hollow, you know, where they can go in and go into whatever time or environment and, the hollow environment. And it looked like that. And I was just like, wow, this is really, really cool to keep fans engaged as they give out more Intel each week or each month or however they do it, you know? Right. So like I said, um, if you sign in with your EA information, you're like, you sign into the site, it'll keep track of how many of these briefings that you watch. And if you give them your email, they'll send you alerts when a new briefing is available. And from what I can tell from this first briefing is that uh, they're going to go through basically each 
aspect of the game, and they're treating it as if it's an actual briefing for a new Pathfinder to go out and do whatever it is that a Pathfinder is going to do. So again, the first one is basically just introduction to the AI program. Here's how everything's going to run, and it's your basic setup for a more info to come type of situation. So the next one, if... If they go in the order that is presented in this initial briefing, the second video should be the uh, the overview for the ARC ships. And as we said before, each ship should be assigned a Pathfinder, which is a hybrid soldier, scientist, and survivalist. So what are your guys' thoughts on, uh, on the Pathfinder as a, as a class or as a title or anything? Any impressions? Yeah. Go ahead, Nikki. I, I... <laughs> You heard the breath. Yep. Um, <laughs> Pathfinder. <laughs> I'm assuming that this is this is actually just like the first foray into the Milky Way, or I'm sorry, the Andromeda Galaxy from the Milky Way Galaxy for humanity. Right. So the idea of the Pathfinder like being the title of the character that you're that you're playing or that you're being given, uh, I'm actually mm-hmm. very excited for it because uh, I mean. You know, you watch the end seven day trailer, and you know that they're <laughs> going down. <laughs> There's, yeah, there are explosions going down. everywhere. So not yeah. only are you a pathfinder, yeah. you're kind of your responsibility is to put out the fires almost, <laughs> almost literally. So, and all the fires, and so you need many to fires. Find, you need to find the the happy place for humanity in this new galaxy. <laughs> That's the exciting part about this for me, I guess. Is Calling it calling it Pathfinder is um mm-hmm. and personally I've noticed as I played through both Dragon Age and Mass Effect there are a lot of similarities um as far as format and structure are concerned between the two franchises and it just occurred to me now that in Dragon Age Inquisition your character is given the title Inquisitor and you are to round up everyone and lead the Inquisition in Andromeda you are given the title of Pathfinder and you're charged with keeping everyone together as we push forward to this new adventure. I mean, there's been a bunch of other simulators that I've noticed besides the actual gameplay mechanics, but in the way that, um, oh, if you guys have noticed this, but the same way that the Reapers corrupted the, uh, the other mm-hmm. alien races is similar to that of how the Darkspawn corrupt the, uh, the other races. Yeah. Are you familiar with this background within yeah. the lore of the two games? Okay, so it's just interesting to me that um, that they build off the mechanics of one franchise to incorporate into the other. And it's just kind of like a, a back and forth building on top of concepts and ideas that work. So as far as what that means as a Pathfinder, um, it, much excite. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, again, I watch these trailers and I feel like I know more about the game. But I'm stuck with more questions than answers that I've received. Yeah. And, and you know what it sounds like to me with the Pathfinder and how they say soldier slash scientist slash survivalist. It sounds like, and I'm I'm just guesstimating here. Sounds like you're not going to have the specialized N seven biotic or soldier or sentinel or infiltrator. You're going to kind of be a all-in-one kind of, you know, typical G.I. Joe badass kind of guy. Like, you can do it all. Right. And uh, 
It makes me think that because if you watch at the end of the trailer, the alien that has the guy, you know, because you're seen in these binds, you know, you're bound up right in these energy binds and the aliens walking Mm -hmm. towards you and he says, now I know why you're special. And so I'm like, oh, is he referring to that because he can kind of do all of these things and that's why he's a pathfinder? Like, I know. And and that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's more questions than answers. Like they answered a few things, but like those answers sparked more questions, and <laughs> I love it and hate it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Take your fist. All right, so we'll get an overview of the arcs. I'm assuming you know what their capabilities are as far as a transport or as like some type of station hub for humanity and the other um, species. So that'll be the second briefing. The third one, again, assuming they go in the order that's presented in the first briefing will be the ground and space vehicles. And when they talk about this, they show some, I guess, blueprints essentially of the nomad and the tempest. And the nomad is obviously the replacement for the, the Mako, which, oh, as much fun as it was to kind of roll around the alien planets, it was a little difficult to control until you got the, uh, the hang of it. What do you mean, it. man? You could go over every mountain you wanted to go over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could align up right. your path correctly. <laughs> like you, you are a pathfinder, so maybe you got it this time. <laughs> exactly. There it is. <laughs> All right, so you got the Nomad, and you have the replacement for the Normandy. Uh, this ship is called the Tempest. So any thoughts on either of those? Uh, I really want to see how they do. They incorporate the vehicle this time. Is, are you just going to be basically running around looking for resources again? Or I mean, that's the only reason why I used it on the previous games, right? So it's like you had a few missions in there where you actually have something you play through redrive in it. But uh, I don't know. And the Tempest, wasn't that actually a weapon as well? Um, like an SMG in Mass Effect 3? I can't... Yeah, so that's... Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was one, I think it was the SMG. So that's kind of interesting the that they would name a vehicle or a ship after a weapon. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of thoughts. Was that an oopsie? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> On their part? Yeah, that's... Yeah, to, not only to reuse a name, but something that's completely Maybe it different. was a different name. So, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it was close to that and, like, dyslexia is kicking in or something. So, hold on a second. You know, I do have the power of the internet <laughs> here. As effect, SMG, Tempest. No, that's the Tempest. Mass Effect. 2. That was it. Yeah, the M9 Tempest. There you go. Hmm. Maybe it's going to be right, a well. uh, vehicle that lets you fight from it or something. Hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. Like you couldn't really do anything with any of the vehicles. They were just kind of there, yeah. like just strictly for transport. Well, I mean, the only vehicle you really drove around, I guess, would be the Mako in Mass Effect One. Um, you did fly around a little bit. Okay, again, it's this is not a spoiler, but you do fly around a little bit with your Normandy between galaxies in Mass Effect Three. But that is like such not a like, Nikki. When you get to that the point where you're flying around in your Normandy between planets, I mean, it's there's nothing spoiled there. It's purely just to go between planets. It's really not ex- mm-hmm. not exciting. Um, la, 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 la. But la, la, la. again, all you, all they do is really transport. There's nothing else really yeah. that's going on. I don't know. Just to think. All right, but yeah. So we'll learn to get uh, about the ground and space vehicles. Uh, the fourth video, outpost establishments, 
And uh, again, they show uh, some blueprints, it looks like, some pop-up bunkers and some possibilities for some resource collection on the uh, on those individual planets. So again, this is a lot to do with like the homesteading and the establishing you know, initial outposts. So thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm wondering if th- that's part of, because uh, you kind of hear it mentioned a little bit about establishing colonies. Uh, I wonder if that's yes. going to be kind of, uh, a place for you to kind of gather on a planet before you go and, you know, put the flag into it and say, this is for earth, you know, but, uh, do you feel that it would be more of like a dragon age inquisition camp sort of deal? Or yeah. do you feel like it's more about like fallout Four settlement style sort of. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm thinking it's going to be more fallout style fallout Four where you establish or, you know, I mean, in Fallout 4, I guess you would, you know, kind of liberate or help out that town and get access to their, their resources. But I think it'll be to the topic of establishing an outpost, like a camp. That's essentially what it's all it's going to be in the beginning. And you'd be able to build up an outpost from there, from that initial location, like maybe purchase or craft upgrades for those outposts. And, Upgraded it from a camp to a yeah, to an actual outpost to a bunker, or add some other type of like trading post or something like that, something to that effect. So kind of establish it from a camp into a larger yeah. complex. So that would be pretty cool. It, again, this is purely speculation. We'll see what happens uh, in the months to come. Uh, moving on, <laughs> and I kind of chuckle at this. First contact protocol. So what to do basically. Uh, when you meet a new alien race. Because according to the Mass Effect lore, the first time we made contact with a new species, it didn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically, hey, we found someone new. Let's go to war. Oh, crap. They are way more powerful than us. I mean, that's obviously telling us they're going to be new species. Yeah. But the purpose of that being a briefing. Right. So we'll definitely meet new species. Obviously, no idea yeah. what's going to happen with that, but that's part of the excitement. But, um, yeah, I just, I kind of chuckle because uh, it shows, I guess, the, the maturity of humanity throughout the, uh, within the lore of the game and uh, learning from their mistakes. And again, as Nikki just pointed out, pretty much confirmed, we will be meeting new species uh, as we travel around the new galaxy. Yay, so aliens. try not to start a war with the first species you come in contact with please uh and the last and the last briefing that we'll get of course will be weapons biotics and survival training so this kind of harkens back to the uh the description of a pathfinder how they'll be part soldier scientist survivalist and in here we're going to be going over weapons biotics and survival training so again this makes me think that it's going to be like three different skill sets that we'll be able to develop as we go through. And maybe rather than playing as a specific class, they may just kind of leave it up to you. Like here are three skill trees that you can invest in or three collections that you can invest in. Uh, how Invest skill points as you see fit. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that's a possibility? Yeah. I mean, especially if they go with what we were kind of – discussing in the realm of possibility if it's a all-inclusive class 
that you can just kind of customize it and go, you know, whatever tree or way you want to on your build. So, because we have no idea what we're going to run into. I mean, like with Dragon Age Inquisition or any of the other games, like you have a pretty good idea. You know, this is my play style. This is the type of character I'm going to develop. Your character has like an established history. With this, it just seems that you're you were trained to be a generalist, so to speak. And then where you go from there, I mean, they, they keep pushing this concept of being open-ended. So, again, I, I just don't know. Uh, it is also worth noting that uh, for the blueprints on that screen, we saw, and I can't remember what the official name for it is, but the quintessential assault rifle from the earlier games and everyone's favorite overpowered pistol, yeah. the Carnaflex, <laughs> to the side. They would love me some, either the Carnaflex or I think it was called the Paladin. Yeah, the, the auto rifle was the Avenger, the M8, and That's it. the pistol, I can't... Yeah, I think I would always flip between the Carnaflex and the Paladin and just put a scope on it because there were never any really long mm-hmm. maps in any any of the situation, any of the missions. So I could basically snipe with yeah. like the Carnaflex as long as yeah. I put a scope onto it. So I know they had like the different sniper rifles, but I mean to me, like there weren't any really long areas that required the the zoom scale of a sniper. So I just kind of would throw a a scope onto one of my pistols. One, I think it was the Carnaflex that had like a total of four shots that it could hold in yeah, the magazine. Yeah. What was the other hand cannon? The Paladin or Paladin? Yeah, yeah, the Paladin. I yeah, think. those were two like the best kind of pistols you could get. Nikki, what did you typically roll out with? Uh, all right, you guys are going to be disappointed in me. Uh oh. Get it over with. I only ever use pistols, and I don't even know which ones I used. <laughs> oh, well, hey, you haven't played the third, so that's okay. I yeah. give you a pass. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. I, I mean, I always just kind of screwed around, and it, I never really played it on a hard enough level where I had to worry too much about doing anything but like some basic upgrades. You know, like, oh, I found this thing. Oh, the level's higher. Okay, let's just do this. <laughs> I I just kind of was playing it for the story, and so I never really got really crazy into combat or anything like that. And I definitely just used my pistols. I did not switch between. Well, I'll say, and this is not spoilers, but when you play the multiplayer, there's one class in the uh, N7 Fury where you really don't even need a weapon because your biotics are just so amazing. So, yeah, oh, I, we'll really? have to roll sometime, and I'll show you Hyper. So it's... It's pretty crazy. All right. Yeah, I would... God, I'm trying to think. I went, like, all engineer my first round through as a Paragon, but as my Renegade playthrough, I think I went, like, pure biotic. Yeah. And towards the end, especially the end of three, I was just so yeah. overpowered. Uh, you can get yeah. really nasty. Um, I think that was when I had both Incinerate and the Cryoblast yeah. going. And I actually had it mapped to the yeah. two bumpers on my controller, so I was I would just alternate left and right bumpers. So like freeze, incinerate, freeze, incinerate, freeze, incinerate, and just like rolled through, yep. just steamrolling yep. <laughs> over guys. But uh, so yeah, so it looks like they're gonna save the the best for last as far as like weapons and combat and stuff like that is gonna be concerned. So that'll round out the Andromeda briefings. And watch all six of those, and apparently you'll get a little, what looks like an in-game helmet for your Mm -hmm. Pathfinder. 
definitely sign up for that. You know, just just to get updates and uh, get a little in-game bonus, a little, little something to to make you look classy. All right, and that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can follow me, Anthony Rossi, on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox One, and Twitch at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. Or you can follow the podcast directly either on Twitter at VGXTPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash VideoGameCrosstalk. This podcast is hosted directly on Podbean and can be found at VideoGameCrosstalk.Podbean.com. As for my guests, Nikki and Mulehorn, where can our beautiful listeners follow you around, starting with Nikki? Uh, generally, if you were to search any social media site for Game with Nikki, you probably find me there. You can find, find me most often, uh, most days of the week, at my Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash gamewithnikki, where I'm usually playing through some sort of RPG or, you know, generally screwing around with the people in my chat. <laughs> Um, otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter, where I post a lot of random crap and fangirl a lot. So, if you're into that sort of entertainment, uh, you'll find plenty of it there. So, I'd hope to see you around. All right. And Mulehorn, what about you? Yeah, man. So, you can follow us on Twitter at Mulehorn Gaming, and you can get your belly full of GIFs. Yes, I said GIFs. God. Not GIFs. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you can get, you can follow us there. We got a Twitch, of course, is, you know, Mulehorn Gaming, uh, our website, MuleHornGaming.com. Uh, you can hear our podcast. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Muhorn Gaming Podcast. So that's where you can find us. All right. And finally, if you are a gamer or know a gamer that wants to talk some tech, science, news, let me know. Do you know some tech news that you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send an email to videogamecrosstalk at gmail.com and give me the deets on what's going down. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts, and we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thank you one last time for hanging out with us. Nikki and Mulehorn, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, you're cool. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. All right. And in the words of Nikola Tesla, modern science says, The sun is the past, the earth is the present, the moon is the future. From an incandescent mass we have originated, and into frozen mass we shall turn. Merciless is the law of nature, and rapidly and irresistibly we are drawn to our doom. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash VGXTPod for your free audiobook. Wow, that was painful. <laughs> You're going to have to do so much editing for that one. <laughs> it, not really. It's just going to be highlight one big chunk and go delete. <laughs> <laughs>